Welcome to Rewind the Movies. This podcast. See, it's hard, isn't it? No, I'm laughing. Make myself laugh, you idiot. <laughs> Welcome to Rewind the Movies, the podcast where we revisit the films from our past and see if they still hold up. On today's show, Andrew Owen. Wave, Andrew. Adam Llewellyn. What's up? And me, James Pregardage. Now let's get into the show. Oh no, it's supposed to be, now let's fast forward into the show because it's rewind and fast forward. <laughs> like we keep in that, whatever happens. Yeah. Now let's fast forward into the show. See, rewind the movies. Well, you do it then. Welcome to Rewind the Movies podcast, where we revisit films from the past and see if they still hold up. We're joined by myself, Andrew Owen, James Brigodich. Now let's fast forward into the show. That. So hang on a minute now. You're telling the audience we're joined by myself. Yeah, Andrew Owen. So yourself I, is Andrew Owen. There is a there is a comma. Mr. Adam. There's a comma in that. Look, <laughs> we, just cut all of this stuff out, Andrew. We can't all stay in. <laughs> Welcome to the Rewind the Movies podcast. It's myself, Andrew Owen. I'm joined by James Pogodich, aka Prog, and Adam Llewellyn from the Veil Cartoon. I always do that, Ad, only because I like a little bit of a extra promotion for the Veil Cartoon. So I like it. Yeah. You never do it when I'm on. You're on my own, though. Well, yeah. I, sorry, mate. I should. But I, I also don't want to detract from... Uh, well, I don't know what I was going to say then. Yeah. Also, from, Prog... Oh, from Adam being the creative genius, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Prog, you're, like, you're the main stayer on Rewind the Movies. Like, I'm just like... I'm trying to, I'm trying to pick one. Like, I'm like... If this was like a... I'm kind of, I just glide in every now and then, you know? I am a guest. Mm, that's fair. I mean, I've only ever missed one podcast recording so you are a pillar you are you're the you're the my second pillar you're the pillar to my pillar if that makes any sense but anyway so this week we do in i spit on your grave which um <laughs> was adam's suggestion i think a couple of days ago as in like let's do some random shit as adam often throws in and I will admit, I had never heard of this film before, so I have no memories of it. Um, not not even like heard of it, which is, you know, I th- a little bit unheard of, I think, because there's most films I've at least heard of. I may not have seen them, but, um, but yeah, this is definitely from an era of films which I think was definitely looking to push boundaries, or not, or push, yeah, boundaries being one of them, but push sort of limits of what you could do on films. So I'm going to come to you, Ad, first. You know, you, you've suggested it. Um, I'll give my thoughts in a moment. But, yeah, over to you on why you picked it. Well, first off, I'm quite surprised you've never seen it or heard of it before. I, um, I thought this was a pretty famous one because, like, um, it's one of those, like, famous old video nasties, isn't it? I spit in your grave. So that's why I thought it'd be a... I, I thought it'd have, like, that nostalgia thing to it. But uh, in terms of memories of it, um, I this, this was one of those films... This is such a weird thing to say. My nan told me about when I was a kid. <laughs> That's right. My nan told me about this one when I was a kid. Um, she told me about. She used to always talk about this film and another film called Mausoleum from the from 1983 by a chap called Michael Dugan. Uh, like two horror films, but you need to see. And you know, she just said, but a woman was attacked. She didn't say what. You know, she didn't use the R word. She just said a woman's attacked. She gets revenge, and she would always talk about. The famous scene we're going to get into later on in this podcast in the bathtub, and um, yeah, it just it was banned uh, 
and then when I was about 14, 15, um, it was uh, re-released. I think it was through Vipco Video, and they had it in the spa. They had it on rent in the spa down the road, and me and my friend Steve rented it and watched it. And uh, that's how I first ever saw this film. But it was a big build-up before I saw it because of the famous bathtub scene, which was as bad as I imagined it would be as well. Is this film classed as a horror? It's like... It, it, it falls into the horror category, I think, but it's not really a horror. It's like a sort of, it's a rape and revenge film, isn't it? It's like, that's the official genre. I, and the fact that there is a genre, which is rape and revenge, I, it, 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 <laughs> I yeah. find it a little bit unsettling, to be honest. But Mr. Cra- I think Wes Craven uh, is a big part of that genre, with obviously Last House on the Left. Did he start the genre? Um, well, I don't think he started it, because... I wouldn't say he started it himself because Last on the Left is pretty much a remake of the Ingmar Bergman film, The Virgin, um, what's it called? Um, the Virgin Springs, that's it, yeah. Um, so I'm not, not to say that that's a rape and revenge movie, but um, it's far from it. But uh, I don't know. I mean, there might have been, it was the 70s. The Grindhouse was big. I mean, these sort of films always kind of played in the Grindhouse circuit because they're cheap and easy to make. And, you know, it just, it's just Grindhouse films, isn't it? That's what they're like. What about you, in Prague? Where, have you seen it before? Yeah, I'd seen it once, not when I was young. I think it was around university time, or just after. I remember, I remember for about three or four years, I was going through a period of where I, I, I almost had to watch what were deemed like the the worst films in terms of violence and stuff, because I wanted to see what was on offer, as it were. And I've always kind of kept that going. So if like a new film came out where people were like, oh my God, this is a, this is ridiculous. You shouldn't be watching this. I will watch it. It's just to see how bad it is. It's weird because I know it's a film. It doesn't affect me. Like I, I can... I can put it in a box and not worry about it. It doesn't like have any lasting impression on me. It's different if I was to watch real footage of something. I, you know, I, I couldn't do something like that. I don't think. Well, I could do it, but you know, that would affect me. Yeah, it hits you a lot when harder, it, doesn't it? Yeah, but when it, when it's a film, because I know it's a film, then I'm fine. It doesn't bother me, so I will watch it just out of intrigue more than anything else. But what I find a lot of the time is, I'm not going to say in this case, but a lot of the time. Some of those films, they're actually pretty good films and they've been disregarded just because of the, the violence or gore or the nature of the of the film itself. But this one, I was going through that period of watching those type of films, so I watched this one. And, of course, the remake came out a couple of years after I'd watched the original, so I, re- I watched the remake as well. But, yeah, this is... I hadn't watched this film since uh, that original viewing. How does the remake compare? I'll ask that now, only again because I haven't seen it. And um, it's it, a you film. Know, it, it, is it sort of like like for like? I, 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 prefer, it, I prefer the remake. The remake is a better film overall. Um, it's obviously the the themes and the events of the original are used in the remake, but there's obviously creative license with the deaths as, or the revenge aspect, I should say. 
Um, and I think that does lend itself to it being a better film. You know, uh, people who don't like the original, they're not going to like the, the, the remake. Right. But for, if, if they don't like the nature of the original, that is. I think, I think the remake does get a lot of hate from, because obviously, like, these sort of horror films, they do have quite, they do have their fans. And um, and I, I don't think the remake is very looked upon favourably by them. I, I think they think it's missing some, I think it, they think it's missing the grittiness or something like, but I don't know. I just think the, I just thought the remake was a more satisfying film because they get worse revenge enough and it's, and it's a bit better made as well. I'm not going to lie, the remake. It, yeah, it is. You, you've got to make it for modern audiences as well. If they just made the same film again, you know, shot for shot, of course, you know, I, I'm pretty sure through the technology that we would have access to, and the the um you know the equipment of it, we, we could make a similar looking film. I'm not saying we could do the dialogue and what have you or whatever. You run a guy's actually you probably could. I'm telling you now, me and Adam could write a better dialogue script than this one. Yeah, yeah. No, but what I'm saying is um that's why you've got a remake would be would look hopefully ten times better than what this one would. But I, well that's what... exact that's exactly what I was gonna say. I, I think in most instances when you're remaking a film, you should, in essence, be able to improve on the original, unless the, the original is a masterpiece, in, in which sense you should not be going anywhere near it. If you're remaking a film, you should be able to see what the flaws were and either correct them or take them out completely and do something different. Now, of course, that doesn't always happen. Because it's actually re- it's, it's hard work to make a good film. But I would say when it comes to horror and the early versions of horror films, I think more often than not, this might be a good topic to discuss actually, I think more often, just thinking off the top of my head, I reckon the, the remake is more often better than the original if the original was made say, 1970s going back. I, I think it comes down to nostalgia as well for people, doesn't it? You know, and yeah. if people grew up or say that was the first horror film they ever watched. I can think of a lot. I can think of a few 70s horror films I prefer the remix of. But then, and there are a lot then, which I like the remix of, but I also, but I prefer the original. Can you, th- can you think of one off the top of your head? I can think of two. Like, one. A case for both. Now, the last is on the left. I, I do like the original film. I think it's got its place as its first worst grim film, but I gotta be honest, I did prefer watching the remake. I thought the remake was a better movie, and I thought I thought it had a better pace to it. There. And that's just me. I think some people want to admit to that, but I, I'm just being honest about it. But I love the remake of Hills of Eyes, but I do prefer the original one because I think it's got a better ending. And okay. I do and I do prefer the way the original is filmed. I think it's creepier. So but I do like them both. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, yeah. weird, it's a weird example. I, I, I can think of one that I think the original is better than the remake, even though re-watching it, I don't think the original is that good. And that's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I think the remake is far worse. Yeah. I, but here's another one, which, which is one, one final one, which always gets compared quite a lot. Dawn of the Dead, the remake versus the original. I like the remake. But I prefer the original. I think the original, but I think they're different films entirely. I yeah, think... that's a good point. Yeah, I, re- I mean, Dawn of the Dead. I love Dawn of the Dead, and I, I think, but I do think the original is a good. Uh, the remake's a good film. 
apart from the pregnant baby, the pregnant uh, zombie. They don't, that's only for brain dead, that is, pregnant zombies. So when you suggested we watch this ad, I um, I, I looked it up a little bit and and saw that it was, you know, a rape and revenge film. So, you know, I was sort of prepared to a certain degree what it may be. I also learned that it has the longest rape scene. So I was a little bit like, oh, my God, you know, am I going to like this? Am I, do I, do I want to watch it? Yeah. And this is going to sound a little bit funny, right? It it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, and I I'm not taking away the subject matter or anything, but and I and I was thinking afterwards, am I a little bit desensitized to some of these films now because you know I, I've seen a fair bit of horror over the years and, and things, yeah. um and I think if I'd watched it as a kid or a teenager or you know a young in my early twenties, I probably would be more affected than I am by it now just because of the amount of access that you have to material on- online. And that's a horrible thing to say, but I think it's just the case of modern society. So do you, do you think it had been built up with after what you reading, what you read, do you think, it, oh my God, I'm going into this now. What am I going to be faced with? And then you watched it in this case of, okay, that, that didn't hit as hard as I thought it was going to. Yeah. The, the subject matter, right. I, I, I think is hideous. Hmm. But the, the the you know the fact that I read that it was going to be twenty five minutes of rape, well it, it's not really in the sense of like she escapes at least once, yeah. gets back to the house and they come back and they find her and th- and things like that. So I I think it's just in my head, I I was already for quite a horrendous scene. You thought the actual act of rape was going to be twenty five minutes and potentially a little bit more graphic. Right. Okay. Whereas what you actually watch is twenty five minutes of an old of an ordeal which involves rape, rather than it being graphic and seeing things. I think it's like you said. It's more about the ordeal. It's more about what she is going through. And you know, and like again, I don't want to take away from the subject, the heinous sort of crime that happens. We're talking about a film that includes that type of act, isn't it? It's not like. There's no point in tiptoeing around it. We're talking about the actual film depiction depiction of it. We're not talking about the actual act itself. Mm. But but whether you um, get enjoyment out of the film or not, right? One thing is this is a little bit irrelevant to me because I was watching it, and do you know what I could all, all I could think of is like, where is the pleasure for for in rape for 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 anyone involved? And no, I, again, we we're going down into a very murky subject here, and I don't want to touch on it too long. But th- that was that was just going through my head. I was just thinking, how well, how would no, they get any enjoyment out of that? I think that's the point, though, isn't it? That's that's why some of them do it, isn't it? Because it's the it's the helplessness of the person they're inflicting. Well, it yeah, on. and I I you know I probably will never fully understand why someone. No, yeah. and do you know what? But it's a good thing that you would. Well, yeah, no, no, exactly, exactly. I, I, I took it as being like in this one, but they kind of like the four guys, you know, the four bodies there. I thought I took that they kind of thought she wanted it because they did that thing, and they was like, oh, because you wore a bikini, she wanted to get, you know, she wanted to get sexual with him. Well, that's, Not, that's interesting because I took it that they were trying to excuse what they did. Yeah, no, that's that's the better that's the better thing, Chris. So 
their sort of justification for it is like, even though she's clearly saying no and screaming and crying, but just like, no, but she does want this because she wore a bikini. And they're kind yeah, of like, they, well, they're not like the smartest guys. Well, they're not very nice at all. They're the horrible characters. And um, especially that one with, um, especially, especially not the not the bathtub one, the one, the last victim, the one gets done by the motor, the, mo- the motorboat. He's the worst guy, isn't he? Because he beats her up and stuff. But this this other angle to this, I mean, the way they bully that that guy with um, Matthew, Matthew, yeah. yeah, they bully him into doing it. It's like this, it's so fucking dour to watch that. It's fun. It's horrible. That stuff. It's not fun at all. Oh, so, so that element, you know, the guy with learning difficulties, Matthew, mm-hmm. is he in the remake or is there a character yeah. like him? It is a character like him in the remake, yeah. Okay. But in the, in the remake, they do something that's quite interesting in the remake, actually. They make one of the men a cop, which is actually like a really interesting angle on it. And um, that if, if that's one of the things the remake is better at. They make the one guy a cop. So then there's even more like helplessness from and like the town against her. So she, it kind of works in that she can't feel like she can phone the police because the local sheriff is one of the perpetrators. Isn't, isn't that a bit like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, though? Yeah, but maybe they copied that a little bit because that came out like seven years seven years before. But also, can I just say as well, that cop has the best death in that film. His mm-hmm. death is brutal. And like, it's, 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 Andrew, it's almost worth you watching the remake just to see that death at the end because it is just like, <laughs> whoa. So I'll say now, I don't think this film is looks particularly great. And as funny as it sounds, I did get enjoyment out of the film. I was intrigued by it. I was intrigued, especially by the second half of it or the second part of it on how she was going to get her revenge. You know, the fact I knew it was a rape and revenge film, I knew how it was going to pan out, so to speak. So so, so I am intrigued to to see the remake. The the director, whose name is funnily enough, Miyazaki, that's his name, not the Japanese anime creator, it's Miyazaki is is an Israeli name. Um, He... Well, he, he, I think he was, he, he actually, like, he had a real-life experience. What happened was he was, like, him and his friend were having a walk one day, and they actually found a woman who had been attacked. And um, she was still alive. They found her that she'd been attacked, but she was, like, naked and stuff and covered in mud and all that. And he said that him and his friend chucked her, chucked her in the back of his car, and they drove her to the nearest hospital. And it just kind of stuck with him for years. And he made this film. So sorry, sorry, but your, your use of the word chuck in that uh, sentence there. I'm sorry, but like he, 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 he carefully placed her into the back of the car and they drove to the nearest hospital. Um, and uh, basically he said then, but um, it stuck with him. And I think he kind of made, he viewed making this film as sort of like quite cathartic because he got to, you know, kill off the people that did that, that poor woman he saw in real life. Do you know what I mean? And I think because he had daughters as well, it, it was just something that... And, it's just something that he felt like really strong about. Like, oh, I just want to make a film where I kill those kind of people and mm-hmm. it made I spit in your grave. I, and to be honest, right, I get that. Yeah. You know, but but also as a podcast, you you know, there are times where you know th- there will be quite a bit of humor. Hopefully, there's humor anyway in this podcast. So yeah. I, I I you know I, I I just don't want people to think that we're you know. Yeah, not sensitive to the topic. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It is impossible to not make fun of this film in some ways. That's, let's just put it that way. Like, uh, not that element, but other aspects. It is impossible to not make fun of this film. Mm. Let's move on. So, um, with that in mind, right, let's move on to some of the favourite aspects. 
And uh, if you don't mind, I'll throw mine in because I've only got one aspect that I I really like about the film. Um, and know that you guys will come in after. But it's and I've mentioned it already, it's the revenge aspect. Mm-hmm. And I haven't necessarily seen many of these type of films, or maybe I haven't, I just haven't clocked it. That yeah, where something hideous happens and there's a revenge. I suppose I have seen films where there's murder and there's revenge. But what I like about this is because it's not murder, the actual person that it physically affects is the person who then does the retribution. Yeah. yeah. Some of the revenge kills are fun. Are we going to get into? Sure. It's about... why, are you, why are you bringing that up now? Because I just kept laughing because I'm thinking about a couple of the ways she I, killed I, Yeah, I'd, I'll say no. The deaths are shit. But, but no, there's one death that's really good. Well, the, the okay, yeah, I know where you're going to go with that. When I know that will come up in favorite scenes. I, I just remembered the reason I'm chuckling and say that is I just remembered because I watched this with Prog in the living room. We won't we won't get to it yet, but I just remember Prog's reaction to one bit that it was very funny. Like actually, but uh, yeah, f- favorite aspects for myself. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, um, the revenge aspect. The fact she the fact she try she's the one that triumphs and beats them all in the end that's that's very you know good to watch and stuff but there are some things i do like about i do like some of the films i think it has some good set pieces in there like i think some of the photography is some of the images are quite striking in the film like um the bit when she's crawling across the carpets we would like before before they re-enter the house i think that's a very well shot the first time the, the bit when they're dragging her off on the boat is a very well filmed sequence as well i really like that bit uh but that's that's my favorite aspects. I, I I concur with you about the when she's crawling across the carpet towards the phone. That yeah. we were talking about that last night. That is that is a proper horror sequence. Yeah, like the imagery as well. I actually said to Adam when we were watching it, I wonder if the makers of the Grudge had watched this film because she looked like the Grudge. Yeah, crawling across that carpet. It was creepy, really creepy. Um, but I, I, I'm going to give a shout out to Camille Keaton, who plays Jennifer. I think I'm not saying she's amazing, but I have to say, in the sequence, the 30 minute sequence where she's getting raped and beaten and you know, you know, abused. I, I. I don't see how you can't say she's really good in that. How she, you know, I'm thinking about how she reacts to some of the stuff that's happening. I can't imagine how tough it must be to get yourself in that mind space of where, like, you act. I know, don't get me wrong, I know you're acting, but even to act something like that must be, it must play on your mind a little bit. Unless you're just able to completely let it go in the moment. The other thing with her as well, right? She um, she she's naked for a large proportion of that film. So as an actress, she must have been quite vulnerable. That whole mm. felt quite vulnerable while doing the filming. And I, I know that some of the male actors supposedly were also naked, you know, made themselves naked on set in order to make her feel a little bit comfortable. That was one of the facts that I read it so I don't know if it's true but still would that you know, make her feel comfortable though 
I don't know. I I was reading it. I was thinking, it's a bit weird, isn't it? would that go the other way? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's really weird. But th- this is the other thing, right? With the with those with that scene, all I was thinking was because this is a low budget film. I was thinking, I hope there were some other women on set when they were filming this, because like the fact that it's a big bunch, is a bunch of male actors, and then the the extra the sort of four four breaking fault you have there when you're like, I hope it's not just like six or seven guys behind the camera. And she's just staying in the woods on her own with a bunch of blokes because that's just, it's just minging. That's just a minging sort of like, because they're filming horrible material. And, you know, you just, it would be nice if, to think that she had some other female companions there for support afterwards, I guess, you know? Well, I, I look, I, I'm not a fee with the, you know, documentaries and reports and such that have come out since the film's been released. I mean, has she actually come out and said anything about the working conditions? She was married to the director. She was yes, married. so that leads me to believe that she she must have felt some sort of comfort on set or with him at least Yeah. while doing the film. There's a documentary, isn't it, that she's done um, previously, which is Growing Up With I Spit On Your Grave. Right, I haven't okay. seen it, so it'd be seen, interesting to know. I've seen it. It's, it's, um, it's the director's son made it, Terry, Zar- Terry Zaki, his name is. And um, it's basically just kind of like going over the controversies of the film. Talks ah, about right. the It talks about the impact the film has had. And I mean, I, say what you like about it. It is a pretty like, it's, a, it's, it's it kind of, it's kind of got a, like, so basically it kind of has a huge following, but like it's got like loads of unofficial sequels to it. It's got like unofficial, it's got unofficial remix. The sort of the unofficial I spit in your grave genre is sort of like a genre unto itself now as well. Because I mean, I got a, I made a little list actually of some of the films in the series or in the unofficial series of it. So obviously you've got the free remakes, and then you've got a sequel which came out a couple of years ago called um I Spit in Your Grave Deja Vu. But then you've got one, you've got Savage Vengeance, which starred Camille Keaton. And it's like an unofficial SOV shot on VHS film from 90, 1993. They remade that in 2020. But then you've got films like I'll Kill You, I'll Bury You, I'll Spit on Your Grave 2, T-O-O, as in Spit on Your Grave 2. Um, you've got I Spit on Your Corpse. No, I, I Spit on Your Corpse, I Piss on Your Grave. Turkish, I Spit on Your Grave. That's part of the two exploitation movies you get. Um, I Piss on Your Corpse. Which is a German film from uh, 2021. Yeah, you got loads. There's, there's fucking loads of them. What, what do you guys think of the name I Spit in Your Grave? It's a great name. Because originally it was released as Day of the Woman. I know, but I think I, I, think I Spit in Your Grave. I'm, talk, I'm, talk, I'm saying this now from a sort of Grindhouse movie distributors sort of point of view. That's a really good catchy, catchy title. That is yeah, like. that, that, that would get you thinking about the film, that title. Because yeah. other titles that they um, that it's been shown as, you know, um, I hate your guts and the rape and revenge of Jennifer Hill, mm-hmm. and I quite like the rape and revenge of Jennifer Hill as as a title. I think I spit in your, I spit in your grave is like that. I think it was very important for you to add that caveat at the end there, Andy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but this like, but it didn't. I reckon this is this inspired other better films later on as well. Like the first one I'm going to mention is a film called Miss Forty Five. With Zoe Lund, which was like a, an Abel Ferrara film from 1981. That's a really good, like, this sort of the art, the sort of rape and revenge genre. That's a much better made film. A, he went on to make Bad Lieutenant afterwards and like the 
Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake. But the other big one is Irreversible. I 100% reckon this hmm. inspired Irreversible. I reckon this... That, that is a great film. It's a watch-once-only film, but it is a good film. You can't watch it more than once, Irreversible. It's horrible, but it's... A... I, I have seen it a couple of times, but... Is I think Irreversible the one with Monica Belushi? Yes. Whatever her name is. Yeah. It is. I, I bought it on Blu-ray a while ago and I still haven't watched it. I bought it like two years ago and I still haven't watched it again. I can't bring myself to rewatch it. But I was like, I'm going to rewatch it because I haven't seen it since I saw it on from the video shop years ago. And it's just like, oh, it's like, I just know if I put it on, it's that scene in the middle of it. And I hate that scene. I know it's... That, that's the only film, right, Irreversible, that I stopped halfway through because I had to take a couple of minutes. It's horrible. Because it, it is, a, that is tough. That is a tough watch, but it is such a good film. Such a good film. It is. It is a good movie, but it's like oh, it's just disturbing. It's just horrible. Mm. I'll um maybe maybe in the next couple of months I'll psych myself up to watching it again, but uh, we'll see for now. My favorite scene was the revenge in the bathtub. Yeah, it's mine as well. That I, makes I, that made me fucking wince. I do. I, I watched well, right? it the first time. Calm down, no, Ad, you'll have your shit, so you know. That made me wince the first time I watched it, and it made me wince last night when I watched it again. Yeah, um, I was just going to add to it. I was going to say, I would also put that as my favourite scene, but I, I, in particular, I like the shot of his dead body afterwards. I thought mm. that was a really cool image. I thought, like, for a horror movie, like, the makeup they had on him and the, the, with the really, that, that bright red blood on him, I was like, that looks horrible. Can I, can I just say as well, I... I... <sighs> It sounds weird, me. It sounds strange to say this, but there were moments during the thirty-minute ordeal that I did think was really good filmmaking or really good choices. There were moments where the slow pacing of the film actually helped the atmosphere. And as me and Adam have already pointed out, there's, there were a few images during the ordeal that were really striking. Of course, we've said about her crawling across the carpet towards the phone, but also the one where she's walking across the grass towards the house with all the blood over her, that was a, I thought that was a really striking image as well. I just want to say that... I just wanted to say that I think there were quite a few good elements of filmmaking within that portion of the film yeah with the bath scene though yeah did you read it as it was all premeditated in the sense of because she met him didn't she and he got in her car she then takes him to a field and tells him to strip or whatever and she points a gun at him yeah and then she changes tact and then takes him back to the house so do you think that is written in the sense of it is premeditated. The other reason I think it's premeditated is because the knife is already hidden underneath a towel, or she's at least got it. Plus, the lock for the bathroom is on the outside. I know that's why I kept that's why I kept saying it was good logic there because I knew that fucked Prague off last night. He was like, "I lost it." I lost, I completely forgot about the lock on the outside yeah. of the door. I lost it last night. So she either would have had the you know. See all, you know, see all of this that she wanted to do, or for whatever reason, it all fell into place, and there just happened to be a lock on the outside. No, I tell you what, that was right. That was that was Phil, the filmmaker going put a lock on the outside of the door so we can make this Wait, scene work. There was no lock on the outside of that door. That was just an insert shot of just a lock somewhere. 
and they were just like, yeah, yeah, she locks him in. But like, I'm, t- I'm telling you, that was that was made just for that shot, yeah. just for that scene. They 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 lied about there being a lock on that door, so the the plot of the film or the plot or the the logistics of that scene would work. I fucking play out. loved your reaction. That you're like, why is there a lock? <laughs> what the fuck is it a lock there for? Like, no, can I just say as well, I, I know we're in favour of our scenes, but I'm going to blur the lines a bit here and go in and dip into changes and critiques a bit later. No, like, I, 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 I got to say, I got to say, it. the bit where she has the gun in him pissed me off so much. Like, that bit just really fucked me off when she has the gun on him. And then she's about to kill him right then and there. Then he says, he says his thing about like, oh, you were asking for it and stuff. And then I know she's tricking him, but I just hated the fact that she like took that gamble because like, how does she know that he wasn't going to shoot her? They said, well, the first the first two deaths she was gambling with both of them. I know, but it's like that's the, yeah. I'm the guy. I'm, I'm trying to hold back, hold my tongue on the bit when she hung the guy, but like, oh. But, but the scene with the gun is needed. She could have just taken no, him straight back to the house, had a bath with him, and I know, done it. I, you know, I can see why we're, to- we're talking about in the context of the film now, aren't we? Yeah, I can see why what the thought process was. I, I know I can just tell that the director's like, oh man, these me- men, men who do these sort of acts, they they justify it. They say that the woman was asking for it, so they put that scene in so they could have that guy saying that, so we could it could it could further labour the social commentary the guy the director's going for, right? But it was just fucking annoying, like the way she just like. They could have done that dialogue in a different way, not there. It just pissed me off at like she gave him the gun. I was like, but it just didn't make no. sense. Did this it? guy attacked her in the middle of the fucking of middle of nowhere. They're in the middle of nowhere. Like, why does she think that? Oh, he'll come back to my house and go to the bath with me, even though I just had a gun on him and shot his feet. Oh, and they wanted to kill me two days ago. Oh, sorry, I had to. Before we move on to changes, Ad, have you got a favorite I'm, scene? I'm kind of, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to echo the things you guys have said. Really, like I think we all kind of have the same favorite scenes of this. But uh, yeah, all right. Well, let's move on to changes. I have mine for the time. First thing I will say: bath scene. Have you ever had a bath with someone? Least romantic yeah. thing in the world. It's fucking yeah. awful. Yeah. Someone's always got to go to the top end. Yeah, I ha- I hate it when movies and TV shows and all that do. Oh, let's have a romantic bath together. Um, Bollocks! Baths are made for one per- people, one person, and that's it. Me and Brock always swap who goes to the top end when we have baths together. So <laughs> you always forget that I went down the top end last time. <laughs> if you had a bath with Prague, right? And there's probably a strong possibility. As like a five, six, seven year old, I probably had a bath with Prague. Um, you got to remember. <laughs> He's six foot six or six foot five, whatever he is. He's fucking huge. Don't have I wasn't six foot six when I was five. <laughs> well, no, I know, but like now he's <laughs> Just five years old, my dad plops me in the bath, my legs all like, out the You were like end. a slender man. You were like slender child. And, sh- and showers are the same. So unless you got the shower the size of um, the one in, is it Assassins? With mm-hmm. um, Sylvester Sloan and Sharon. No, the specialist. Yeah, specialist. Unless you've got a shower that size, that's out of the equation as well. Bath and showers are meant for one person. Stick to that. What film are we talking about now? Come on, what are the changes that people got? Oh, the, the deaths, but on the whole, the deaths are should all we just Should we just go through, because there's only four deaths, should we talk about each death one by one quickly? We've, done, we've, we've talked about 
we can come back to the woolly death, but like. No, no, we don't have to come back to that. That's actually a good death. I think that's well executed. It's one of those ones that stays with you. What? It's the it's the lead up to it, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. So we've got one out of four deaths, which is good, right? Let's get on to Matthew's death because that's the one that's just a fucking mess. Right. I'm going to say now. I think four deaths. I I think each of them could be good. I think maybe it's more the execution, but I know where you're going to go. Matthew's death, right? What the actual... Now, I can see why people find this film so offensive, and I find the film incredibly hard to defend with Matthew's death, because that's fucking horrible last season. Like, not how she kills him, the fact that he has sex with her again. Yeah, mm. I, I think that th- there's an element to that scene of her... Yes, she has sex with him, but it's on her terms and I know, she's in control. But she didn't have to have sex with him. She could have put that rope on his neck oh. at any point. She could have started kissing him and put that rope on his neck. She doesn't have, she doesn't have to get and like she lets it happen. Also, didn't he didn't he didn't he come inside her? Yeah, you have the follow-up then, though, doesn't don't you? Because she then tells Johnny in the bath. She could have told her that in that anyway. No, I know, but it is the fault. I'm not trying to defend it. I know where you're going. Oh, no, I know that. You're playing devil's advocate. Yeah. The, yeah, the, I know. the issue I have with the scene is the fact that she, as a, she, she's able to pull up and hang a fully grown person. Like, I, I, I don't think I could do that. I, I don't think it, I, no. You could, but I have this other weird thing about that scene is where, like, because they keep the film, keeps telling you, it, it, it seems to just want to hammer home this point that, like, he didn't. He didn't um, reach climax when he when he raped her, right? It just seems obsessed with reminding you of that. So is it like this weird thing where they're thinking, oh, they can't kill him until he climaxes, and that's why they let her? Which is a terrible idea, by the way. But I think it, that's the that's that's me trying to like figure out why they made that. I don't think I don't th- I think you're thinking too deep no, about that. But I I don't think they I don't think the writers are thinking that much I, about I just, that. Because he, I, the reason I'm saying that, right, is because because he's mentally challenged. I, I mean, is that, is that like them being like try, trying to find license to kill him? I don't know. But is it, I just did not like that bit. I hated that bit. But and also the bit when she pull, she hoists him up. <sighs> Mate, it's so fucking stupid. Like, there's no way she could lift him off the ground like yeah, that. No, no. no. It would take a couple of people just to pull him up, I think, especially you know with him wriggling. And it's that gamble she takes to get. Well, this is the first gamble she takes. He has a knife like held above her, and she's just letting it. Mm. It's like love. You could get killed here. You, you're not like. It's just like that thing where they're not thinking about the real life sort of like risks and dangers. They're just like, oh, the film. She's gonna live because it's a film. Not. Sorry, just rambling a bit, but mm. it just annoyed me. No, no, I know what you mean. What, what, what's the next death? Are we talking? Um, no, it's, it's mo- the two, two motor, with the boat, yeah. isn't it? Motorboat. Or... Oh. What, what happens to the other guy? The one guy gets like the axe. um the blades in him. Axe in his back. Axe in his back. That's what it is. I hated that scene. It went on for so long. I mean, yes, it's like, I guess it is like, it's good that they get killed off, but it was so long. That bit was, I was just like, man, like, and like, Yes, stop circling. It's, I, it's like the bit when the guy. I, I like. I there's one thing I liked about it. I did like that the man is reduced to this sort of pathetic begging. I was like, oh, that's cool because he's the one that was beating her up before, and now he's just like this worthless, you know, 
just he's just reduced to crying and pleading for his life, and she gets to kill him. The way she kills him is dumb. Like, why would he? Yeah. Like you said, it prog. Why would he swim to the fucking the blade, the rotor blades? You yeah. know, swim to the side of the boat. You can swim anywhere, but why did that one spot? I, I, you, you could steer a mile yeah. off, couldn't you? You, you knew what was going to happen. I, I didn't like any of the deaths apart from Johnny's. But Johnny's death is great because, it, you know, it, that's more symbolic. I, I reckon that's what the, I reckon that was the set piece the film was all based around. Woman is ripped, cuts yeah. his cock off. I think that's like, I think that's, I can just imagine that being like the, the, the thing. The, the director's one of the first ideas they had, and they just built the film around that. But it's really well done. It's like just a little the thing that gets you about that cock chop off thing is like the this first squirt of blood because it just goes bloop. Like I've oh, never yeah, forgot yeah. that. Like ever since I was 14, I'll always remember that little bloop, that sound of the blood. And it looks it's so like it looks so effective as well. You just like, oh bit. Yeah, well, when he stands up and it's still sort of spurting yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it's really, really. And all effective. he's doing is obviously holding like a little bottle of fake blood and squirting it a bit, but like it just works. It's so effective. Like it looked like that's really good filmmaking. That is, that's a really good bit of filmmaking. Yeah. But like, and it's just, it's a good scene. And like, and talk about a way to sell the movie because even my nan, my nanny Rita, she told me about that bit when I was about like 10 years old or something, talking about horror movies. So, you know, it went from the New York grindhouse all the way to Ebervale, where some grandmother is telling her grandson about it. That's, that is word of mouth power, baby. Cock chop off. There we go. Uh, one of the other changes I'd make is the length of the film. Glad you said it, yeah. Oh, my God. So many needless shots and time wasted. Oh, man. Oh, Every- it just... It drives me nuts. As someone man. who edits as well, I was just like, mate, like, what the fuck is this shot still going on for? No, Matthew, um, he goes back to try and kill her, doesn't he? Yeah. Right. I, so, what? Well, first of all, he gives him the smallest knife in the world to go back and kill her. It's like a little like pocket knife, right? Yeah. But anyway, okay. I, I wouldn't have that. I, I, or if he went back. I wouldn't have him faking the death. I would have had him. I would have had her not be there. Her body's disappeared. Yeah. And then it turns into a slightly more horror type film. I know, you know, it. it and it's her hunting them down as such. Well, when it got to the post rape uh, of the film, I actually wished that I was watching the remake because I think everything that happens after the rape. The remake is so much better than this film. Yeah, it's just like the deaths are much more satisfying to watch as well in the remake. They're more brutal, mm-hmm. and like, but that's kind of what you want. You because that's the thing. the The film does that thing where it shows you something horrific, realistically horrific within a rip. But then the whole point of it is that it's, it needs to give you that cathartic um, movie release of just getting to see all them pay their dues and get knocked off in really horrific ways. And the remake does it better. You know, just saying. The final thing for me, it's um, it's not a change, but it's more of a plea to both of you. If for whatever reason, right, you see me in a lake or a body of water and you think I'm in trouble, maybe I'm drowning, please don't get naked to try and swim over and save me. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, if a naked one of you comes up to me to try and save me, I'd probably be like, I'm all right, mate. <laughs> I, I'll, so... I'll just drown you if that's all right. 
that guy is the worst actor in the film. Uh, like that guy's acting is fucking bad. Like, I'm sorry, but like, really, like Jesus Christ, he didn't act ever again. So I, I don't, just don't know why he, d- he took his clothes off to, to swim across, or like, or just keep his he pants. Was, he was on. going out. He was going out to get his boy, man. What are you on about? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, let me just take my pants off. I'll be there now. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. Right. Let's think about wrapping this up. Let's ask the final question that we always do. Would you recommend ad? Yes, to some people. Like if they were like, if you're a genre fan and you liked your grindhouse exploitation films, I would say this is one of the better ones. I would say that. But to the to to most, that's a very small group of people. To the most, to most, it's going to be a no. I'd say the remake instead if they want to watch something like it. Right. Uh, I I go along with Adam. If they wanted to watch this film, I'd say watch the remake. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with it. Like, <laughs> if um, one of our close friends said, oh, should I watch this film? I'd be like, only in these circumstances. <laughs> it's one of those films you could take to someone, can you? Don't worry, I'll save you the 100 minutes. This is what happens. And you, they would just be like, oh, I don't need to watch it now. Can I just say, I've been reading the Wikipedia page about this film while we've been talking. Did you know the poster... Was Demi Moore? What? Demi Moore is the girl that has her back to the camera. Demi Moore was sixteen at the time. Is this for the original? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's right. It says here. Demi Moore herself confirmed that she is the scantily clad woman on the film's poster with her back turned. Now I'm going to say one thing, right? When the film was released, Demi Moore just turned sixteen. So I think when this photo is taken, Demi Moore's fifteen in the photo. Um, so is this the one might... where she's wearing like white? And yeah, it's and she got a knife in her hand. Ha- have a look at the um the, the caption at the top. I noticed this the other day, and look at how, how many men it suggests she goes after. Five. Yeah, five. Yeah. 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 I think that's just the um. I reckon that's just a what's it called a typo on the poster or something, or way to kind of ramp up the the, the amount of death in it maybe. But yeah, it's a weird. A lot. Of, I know a lot of them are bad, but I do find the Grindhouse films quite fascinating. Like like there's some really interesting movies from that sort of like from that like from that era, and they and even if they're really bad, more often than not they have such interesting backstories behind them and like how they got made. It's so, it's, there's something so intriguing about them, you know, and they have some great posters and stuff as well. But I'm not going to be, I know, I, I'm not going to be one of those guys that pretends they're great because a lot of them are just fucking wild. I think if you're into this sort of film, these type of films, and you're, you're really interested, like you've just said, and Ad, that you, you know, you find them really fascinating, and you know, and the, you know, and how they shot things, go and watch it. Yeah, by all means. But for the majority of people out there, it's probably not for them. We are going to wrap up now. Two last things from me. <clears throat> um, Camille Keaton is Buster Keaton's great niece. Nice. So I um, thought they might have been just by the name Keaton. And then also, the, the film has no soundtrack. So apart from a bit of music that's in there, like being played in the convenience store, and she puts music on at one point. Um, yeah, there's nothing. There's no music. The director then- was going to add music, but he couldn't find anything suitable. It needed a score. This, this film needs a score on it. It needed a score similar to um, Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> that music that they hey, use. 
I, I love I love the music account. I love Regina Diodato's score and Cannibal Holocaust more than I actually like the film. <laughs> anyway, we are going to wrap up there. Podcasts come out every Wednesday. Check out our social media. Also, check out YouTube because we're now starting to do video podcasts on there. So, yeah, check that out. And let us know if you want us to do a film in the future. Cheers, all. Ciao.